Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org. Just to let you know, starting next Sunday, we are going to be starting a series called The Church, following up for what we're talking about today. And the reason there's three ships there, because we'll be discussing, is church supposed to be a cruise ship, a battleship, or an aircraft carrier? And, uh, and I think all of us think it's one or the other, and my hope is as we discuss this, and what is the church, uh, the church that was Jesus' idea in the first place, what are we supposed to be, especially in the culture that we live in? And even today, as we talk about the state of the church, and when I talk about the state of the church, I'm going to start off with the state of the church, pretty much America-wise. I can't speak of the rest of the world, but I can speak about America. And then the state of Horizon Community Church, and kind of where we're at, um, and how this last year has been. And so I, my hope is, at the end of this, you'll be encouraged, but you might be a little discouraged in the beginning and hopefully pick up. But here's what I, the word that I kind of zeroed in on, it seems like disruption has been this last year, two years. Disruption. A break of interruption in the normal course or continuation of some activity or process. And everything has been disrupted. Family, friends, church, business, world events, Everything is in a state of disruption of things. And because of a virus, and not, but not just because of the virus, because how we've reacted, our response to the virus, has caused disruption on all counts. And some of you know that very personally, whether it's your job, whether it's family, um, friends, that this has changed everything up. Now, the good news is, let me start with good news, and I'll go back to bad news and good news again, all right? The good news is this. In every disruption, there is new opportunities. There is. I mean, there's new opportunities that are presented to us in the midst of when everything seems to be going haywire. In the midst of everything just kind of seemingly spinning out of control. I was reading through my devotion. I've said this before. I've been going through Psalms. And Psalm 112 this week. Again, I love it when words pop out that I didn't see before. Psalm 112 says this about bad news. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He'll have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foe. Now, it doesn't say if you're a believer and a righteous man, a righteous woman, there will be no bad news. If you've been sold that bill of goods, that if you're following Jesus, you'll never receive bad news, you're following the wrong Jesus. You're reading the wrong Bible. There's always, always going to be bad news. But for the righteous, the ones who's putting their trust in the Lord, knowing that I'm not going to fear the bad news, 
Yeah, there's going to be bad news. Every time you open the paper, every time you open up a new site or whatever, there's always bad news. But my heart is steadfast. Why? Because I'm trusting in God. If I believe God's got this, that's back to, I continue to go, the bedrock, the first thing that I think a believer in Christ needs to have, that God's in control. God's got this. I was at a funeral on Tuesday of a friend, um, uh, Officer Ty Linhan from El Grove. He used to be here at Gulf PD. Baptized him in my hot tub. Um, just one of these guys that, a funeral that, let's see, I got there quarter nine. Funeral started 10. I didn't get to the vehicle but until 135 when this procession started. And I don't think I've been at a funeral, especially an officer's funeral, that Christ was proclaimed as highly as it was. Because Ty was the real deal. But every friend that got up there, he'd always talk about, guys, we don't know how much longer we have. Make, take advantage of what you got. Um, that concept, that God's got this. It's not going to change bad news. It's not going to change what your employer tells you, what your family tells you, what, you know, what the doctor tells you. It's not going to take away bad news. I'm just secure in the fact that God's got this. Today, the media tells us, I say media, um, uh, it's amazing where media goes today and how many sources you have to read to actually get to the bottom of a story that there's a great religious shift going on, especially in America. Wall Street Journal (coughs) did a report during about the attendance and about different things of the church in America. Uh, People who identify as Christians, in 78, it was, in 2007, it was 78%. 2021, 63%. People who identify as having no religion, 2007, 16%. 2021, 29%. Now, those are just percentages and things, but percentages work out to people. A drop, dropping from 78% to 63% in 14 years, that's cataclysmic. It's over 31 million people. And that should, because again, we see numbers, 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 31 million people who no longer identify themselves as Christians. 31 million people who say no religion. And basically, with this trend coming, it's going to be five years or so that our nation, Christians will be the minority in the United States of America. Part of the Pew Report says 3,000 churches were started last year, 4,500 closed. Some closed because of the pandemic and never opened up again. Attendance is 30 to 50% of what it was before the pandemic, which is true. I would say we're about 70% of what we used to be. Um, millions have moved online, which, what a great resources can be, but many of those millions will not return to a congregation. Why? I still stay home, sit in my underwear, you know, pause, go mow the lawn, come back, push play. I mean, we've 
relegated church to something I can do here, now the new thing, metaverse church. We just put on goggles. I watched this, a, a thing on it yesterday. They're baptizing in meta, meta church now. So your little figure goes out there, and a guy, I mean, and it looks like something you, you would see from, if you remember the movie Big and the video game from Big, that's what it looks like. It's not like Ready Player One or anything. I mean, it's like, I wouldn't watch that. I would talk about dorky. But people are going because now they're, they're really having church because they can see it. And they're a part of it. It's, it's this little square with a round head bounces around a room. 6% of people who identify as Christians are Bible engaged. That means 6% of those who say they're Christians actually read their Bible daily. On a regular basis. Um, when you look at America itself, because our... This nation, whether you like it or not, you can say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, you can say, I don't believe in gravity either, but uh, it doesn't change anything of, of whether it works. Is our country was started on, it was based on Christian morals. The second president of the United States, John Adams, one of the founding fathers, wrote this. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to be govern the government of any other which is true, and that we're seeing that. You pull away from that there is a God, that there is a morality to hold on to, and that's what you see in the news. People who are churchless will soon eclipse those who are churched. And that's startling. And changes here, guys, for the church. Um... And the thing is, people haven't stopped being religious. They've just basically changed religion. Because religion, by definition, is this, a pursuit or interest to which someone ascribes supreme importance. They regard as holy, sacred, absolute, spiritual, divine, worthy of reverence. That's what religion is. And there's a shift taking place where people are leaving what we would call the Christian faith, but they're just training it for a different religion, a different form. Whether that's a political party, it's the Republicans, Democrats, Socialists, Communists, they're the ones we're given to worship. They're the ones we're gonna give our attention to. They're the ones who are gonna give our time to. Whether it's global warming, LGBTQs, you know, save the planet, Black Lives Matter, critical race, and one of a hundred other things. It's not that we've become less religious, we're just shifting. And those things are a religion unto itself because mankind was designed to worship. It's in, it's in our DNA. God put it there. Psalm 100, two through three. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We are designed to worship something, and if it's not God, then it's gonna be something else. Whether it's a football team, whether it's your car, whether it's your bank account, your job, your family, we will spend time honoring and giving to something because we are designed to do that. So what in this culture that we find ourselves is the future of the church to look like? And how should you and I respond to that? Now here's the good news. The church was Jesus' idea, guys. 
The church is Jesus' idea. And it will survive our missteps and whatever cultural trends happen around us. The church will always be here. Whether it's growing, whether it's going down, it will never, I mean, a church may close or a denomination will close, but the church of Jesus Christ will never go away. And that's that part that I have to have hope. No matter what's going on, no matter all of a sudden friends that used to come to church, they're bagging it now, the church is here to stay because the gates of hell will not come against it. We'll be talking about that in the weeks to come. And every disruption that is we're feeling right now is an opportunity, a new opportunity of how are we going to bring out the gospel? How are we going to do this as the church? Because the church is here to stay. It just may not look the same. The mission of the church, when we talk about mission, uh, our mission, when we talk about our vision statement, mission statement is pretty simple because one, I needed something I could remember. Love God, love people. I can remember that one. All right? And when we put a statement that, that our job is to build an environment where we can creatively learn how to love God and people with everything we got. We're building an environment, we're shaping, forming, constructing an environment, a setting, an atmosphere. You know, we're, we're trying to where we can creatively think outside of the box. What do we can do here? What can we do here? What can we do here in order to love God and love people? And as I said last year during the same time, I said we need to marry the mission and date the strategy or the model. At one time in America, the horse and buggy was the mode of transportation, mode of travel, until the car came along. And when the car came along, that instantly changed everything. Not only were people to get other places faster and, 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 and easier, but all of a sudden it also killed an entire industry of buggy makers. I mean, all of a sudden, they were just relegated to, all right, just special things and weddings. And you still see them, but you're not making money making buggies and having horses pull. It's a car. See, the mission is travel. That's the mission. The strategy or the model is, okay, it used to be a buggy, and now it's a car, a motorcycle, a jet. Sooner it'll be, beam me up, Scotty. I mean, it's, it's going to constantly change. That's the model, that's the strategy, how you do it. But the mission never changes. The mission is always to get from point A to point B. When you, when you look at music, photography, you know, publications of any time, the mission is that we need to get this in their hands. How we do it is a whole other sto story. Some of us remember 45s and LPs and a thing called eight track tape players. But then how many of you had to switch out your A-track? I still remember the day. Man, I got my cassette player. I'm rocking! I still have those tapes. I got a box of them in my office of tapes I created, you know, mixtapes of everything, you know, that you're... But you had to use a record to get it into the thing to record it. I mean, I had a double... We had a double, you know, deck where two tapes could be going. I mean, it was all... But I, all I have to do now is say, Alexa, Siri, play such and such. I don't even have to buy it anymore. It's just going to constantly change. The mission, though, man, we want people to read. We want people to see. We want people to listen here. And companies that show innovation in the mission, 
Apple, Samsung. They're going to be the ones who's going to be out the others who are devoted to the method, Kodak. Some of you know Kodak. Some of you don't even know what that name is. And why? Because they didn't adapt. They didn't change. Kodak developed the first digital camera, by the way. They just didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Silly, silly. <laughs> the church needs to stay focused. On the mission, that's leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus and be exceptional and innovative in their model. That we're constantly pushing, constantly trying. And that's why we have our code. Because we know every disruption, there's new opportunities, but we need a, a code, and we call it our horizon code. I don't even know if it's back up on the walls yet when we did everything for Christmas. But these codes, and we've worked through them over, over years we've worked through them, we've added to them over the years. But this is, this is how we judge how have we been doing as Horizon Community Church. These are in no certain order of importance. We are a faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm, risk-taking church. Now, I believe in the next five years that is going to be really tested in the next five years. Because what the pandemic did is things were changing in the church. The pandemic just put it on light speed. Just made it go faster. And so churches are going to have to look to how do I hold on to the message and be innovative, but to do that, that's faith-filled, big thinking, bet the farm, churches. Where you don't play it safe with God. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It requires faith. And you can have faith, or you can have control, but you can't have both. Because if I already know what's going to happen, I'm sure of the results, what faith does that require? But if I have no idea, man, we're just jumping in. I think this is the direction we needed to go. This is how much we need to spend. And let's see what happens. That's faith. If you'd have told us five years ago that we'd be starting a preschool in Lodi, I'd say, ah, no. Not in the cards. Boom, happened. Man, we got three staff now, we got this, we got kids, we got this, we got this. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, even buying a church in downtown Lodi, that wasn't a stretch. I mean, we're at an elder meeting and it came up, hey, we, there's this old building for $300,000, what do you think we should do? I think, you know, I don't think we fasted and prayed about five minutes when we decided it seems like a good deal. Let's do this. That, yeah, that wasn't a huge monstrous step because we knew we could afford it, but trying to do it downtown where we're at in the preschool and all this kind of things. Bringing on new staff people. I think the De- Dinesh, I love Dinesh. Dinesh, I love you. Um, but if you were to say, hey, what we're doing, I think for our next youth pastor and a young person leader, let's grab a, a Hungarian missionary and bring him here. All right? You must owe Kevin something because he was just like, this is the man, this is the man, this is the man. Again, outside of the box, going, I don't know if we, and in the middle of a pandemic, trying to get him here. We're investigating future expansion of Horizon. What does that look like? 
Um, again, I think it's going to be tested in the next five years. I don't know in what ways, uh, but it should be fun. <coughs> Secondly, we honor Christ and his church with integrity and authenticity. I know I say this and people kind of, when they look at it, if we live with integrity, nothing else matters. If we don't live with integrity, then nothing else matters. Does that make sense? If you're in, living with integrity, hey, we're good to go. Nothing else matters. Doesn't matter what comes at us if we're living with integrity. But if you choose not to, then nothing matters at all. Proverbs 11.3 says, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. I had to look up that word, duplicity. I've never said it, never spelled it. Deceit and deception. And we will continually say, guys, what you see is what you get. You may not like what you see, you may not like what you hear, but we promise you this is what we believe and we're going to do it with honor and integrity as much as, but we don't want to mix things. We're going to call things what they are. We're going to speak to the issues of the day. We're going to do that because we have to live in integrity. Number three, we are all about the capital C church. Um, I mean, last week, last two weeks was a demonstration of that with family life, Christian church joining us. Guys, that's a pretty unique, understand how unique that is, that they came here to participate with. Um, Rick did a fantastic job last Sunday. I mean, again, I love where we work together. I know our youth department works really closely with Real Life Church here in town. The food bank that we contribute to greatly is Galt Methodist Church. The Harvest Carnival we do with Real Life. I mean, again, anything we can do because this church was Jesus' idea in the first place. And it's not the building. Number four, we will love you where you are, but we will not leave you there. That has not changed. I don't care where you come from, where you, what you're doing, all that when you walk through the doors of this church. We just promise we're not going to leave you there. Because... We're going to call things what they are. Sin is sin, guys. And one sin is not greater than another sin. And I've said it, I don't know how many times I've said it, but guys, if you knew what thoughts went through my mind this last week, you wouldn't come here and listen to me. But if I knew what you thought this last week, I wouldn't let you in the door. I mean, we're in a good place. But here's the deal. Jesus doesn't want us to stay there. And you know, the woman caught in adultery, again, you know, who, you know, who's got a stone? Who, who's without sin? Throw the first stone. Nobody. And Jesus forgives her, but he just didn't say, hey, I forgive you your sins. Go on and keep doing what you're doing. No, he said, go sin no more. There's accountability to that. So, hey, y'all welcome. But we're going to call things what they are. We're going to help in any way we can to get us all to the place, which we'll talk about more in the series to come. This seems like a little one, but it's needed. We laugh hard, loud, and often. Life's too serious not to laugh. I mean, if you're wondering who the Black Panther was yesterday, that was Larry Underhill. Uh, 
Elder Larry Underhill, I texted him later, how much weight did you lose that day? Because that was all hard plastic. I mean, that was, he says 10 pounds. Right? That's 10 pounds. Just, and he was moving. I, I, he may have matched Kevin for step for step type thing. Guys, we got to laugh. That's why we invite comedians here. We want you to laugh. We want you to enjoy yourself. We should, we should laugh. Sometimes we've heard people come in when we're having a staff meeting. Why are they laughing so much? Or elder meeting. Because we'd have fun. All right? It's too, there's too much seriousness in this world. of just Guys, we got to laugh. That's why the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice because laughing is a cleansing thing. I got a picture on my phone when Peter spoke. And it was afterwards when Peter was up here and we're both in a barrel laugh. I mean, my head's kicked back. He's got the biggest. And I shot that to them. I love this picture. One of my favorite pictures of Kevin, I, Kevin and I is the same thing. We're both just in a huge state of laugh. I couldn't tell you about what, but we were enjoying the moment. Guys, we got to laugh and enjoy things. Number six, we always bring our best. Because excellent honors God and inspires people. And we'll constantly do that, guys. We'll constantly bring that to the table. Whether it's the building, man, major updates, guys, if you haven't noticed, we changed the carpet, we painted the building, there's fences, there's this. If you go to Lodi Campus, new roof, we're trying to figure out some security system around. I mean, we have a security system, but there's much happens on the steps of our church in Lodi, okay, under the guise. And so how do we do this better? How do we do this better? Always trying to put forward our best. Um, whether it's our online pro- presence, and that's why you know, we upgrade cameras. If you've ever watched online, man, the pictures are excellent. But that's Mike and his team upgrading everything because technology costs money. It's not cheap, that's for sure. Number seven, we are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. We're supposed to soak up what's given and uh, being a part of We soak that up, but unless we're squeezed, Guys, unless you're squeezed, you're not going to be able to soak up anything more. I mean, you take a sponge, fill it up, but if you keep pouring water on it, it's just pouring off because the sponge can't get anymore. And if you're saying, man, I just need to be fed more. I said, is it possible you're not giving that away so you're not squeezing it out so you can get more filled up in too? And we will constantly, guys, we're spiritual contributors not spiritual consumers. And we'll talk about that really hard in this coming series. Because the church does not exist for us. The church exists for the world. And if we're in that mentality, which many are of the cruise ship, you know, I'm just, I'm here to get, get served, not to serve. And as a church, guys, Mission 360, North Coast Ride last year, Mission 360 alone, 38, over $38,000. Since John Grinrod started this mission ride, I don't know how many years ago it was. How many years ago? Do we know? 14 years ago? 2005. Over $310,000 has been raised. Because why? Because you're spiritual contributors. Operation Christmas Child. Last year, we packed up 3,000 boxes. This year, we packed up 3,500 boxes as a church. And I say this, and I'll, I'll say this in a good pride. We're the top contributor to San Joaquin County as, as a church, of all the churches in San Joaquin County. All right? Well done. 
Mexico trips, three, three homes were built down in Mexico, beach camp, 32 kids, real time for women, raises money for Directions Medical Clinic. And I can go on that you guys, I mean, just yesterday, out there at Night to Shine, of how many, how many volunteers that you guys had to go out there to make special that day. That's spiritual contributors. Not a bunch of sponges that just soak up and don't get squeezed. Number eight, we will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. Uh, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 9, to the weak I became weak, to the win the weak. I become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. From Christmas dinners to the homeless, to the night to shine, to the Harvest Carnival, 2,600 people coming through this place, launching Remedy and that whole thing with the whole worship and testimony night, my holy smoke thing on, 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 on the first Tuesday of the month. We bring comedians, illusionists. We, we bring concerts, video production. We had, I think Mike said 11,000 views on YouTube, over 14,000 on Facebook. Whatever we can do to reach out. And the thing is, when that statement, we'll do anything short of sin, I grew up on that. It was the first thing I really cut my teeth on as a believer. Do anything short of sin for the kingdom of God, which means you're going to creep right up to that line because the closer you get to that line, the farther you can reach in. But here's the thing. People will say, well, the farther reach in, people are going to pull you over. I'm not worried about people pulling me over. I'm worried about Christians pushing me over. Because when you start reaching out, a lot of people, I, I still remember when we started Holy Smoke, and some of you still may have an issue with it. That's not your thing. That's my thing. Well, you could die from, from, from cigars. That I could. What a way to go. No, I, I, okay. That's my thing. And it, it, but it's not your thing. But here's the deal. We all should have a thing. We all should have something that we're reaching out. We're in a place for the sole purpose that I will do anything short of sin for the kingdom of God. Why? Because that's back to that number. 31 million people. 31 million people. From 73 to 68%. Change, 63%. Have stopped. Because we have a responsibility to that. And what's our part? So to reach... People that no one's reaching, you have to do things that no one else is doing. And that's why every disruption means new opportunities. We will lead the way in irrational giving. Never out, you can never outgive God, guys. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in every occasion. And through, it, and through us, our, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. World Vision, 145 kids. Guys, that resulted in thanksgiving to God. Because not only, if you sponsor one kid, that means four other kids get help along the way too. So take 145 times four. Actually, times five. That's the impact. Because you were generous, because you were saying, no, nah, I'm going to say no to this so I can say yes to this. We're celebrated at World Vision headquarters. There's this place in, you know, Galt. Where in the, what's, where's Galt? What is a Galt? Uh, that 55% of the congregation took kids. Praise. And I will tell you guys, last year as a church, 
Um, you gave over $1.6 million. Wow. Guys, for a congregation our size, give $1.6 million. I was talking to a church that is triple our size this last week. Um, our budget and their budget are very close, shockingly. What they raised and what we raised, very close, shockingly. Um, you guys understand that we lead the way with the irrational giving, which means, guys, we give that away. The goal is not to see how much we can have in a bank account. If Jesus comes back and we got a fat bank account, we will not be rewarded for that because that means how much stuff couldn't get done for the kingdom of God. And so we are constantly, constantly looking, okay, let's, let's fund this, let's support this, let's give to this. My goal is the, a new, we need to buy Peter a van. Remember, Peter spoke two weeks ago. So I've already put that in motion. I haven't said, guys, we're going to raise funds. Our funds have already come in for it. I don't know who these even people are. Let's get them some. So it's going to happen. We're going to get to be a part of it. Because that doesn't stop. I mean, from Nicaragua sending them money, from projects. Mike Bogart, one of the, the, the people we support, uh, the guy who discipled me, Mike Bogart, he's doing a film series, and it's, you can catch him on YouTube. Well, we funded two of the series, two of the video shoots for that. And again, this is the back to where how can we get more mission, send more. And the goal is not to see how many missionaries we can have, but how much impact we can have in different mission efforts. And you guys have been excellent. Number 10, we will constantly hold out the gospel in such a way that people hear that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We will never stop preaching the gospel, guys, ever. This will not be a church of just feel-good sermons. Or, okay, come next week and we'll talk about how you can do this in five easy steps. Not that there's not a place for some of that, but that's one of the tendencies of churches. They're just going to feel good messages rather than let's get in the Bible, let's talk about what God's word says. And maybe that's why only 6% of Christians are engaged in the word today. And lastly, we are a discipling, making, reproducing, reproducing grounded church. I mean, Larry Sterling, who heads up our Growing Strong One Discipleship, he's got 65 people going through that right now. We just got done training 22 people in, in evangelism. We will constantly be discipling and reproducing ourselves. Church growth is not about robbing Peter to pay Paul. And when I say that, I mean you get this member from this church to come to this church because that's a lot of what church growth is all about, transfer growth. It's not about witnessing to those 31 million <laughs> who've just written off church in the last few years. Even the thought of God. Guys, the church was Jesus' idea. It wasn't ours. And it's going to survive the missteps and cultural trends that happen around it. It has for 2,000 years. It's not going to stop. And the church needs to stay focused on mission. Let's talk about leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That cannot change. But how we go about it, that's going to change. And I <laughs> have no idea 
right now. So what's it going to look like? I don't know. And it's not just me that's not knowing. I haven't talked to a pastor that knows. We're all asking the same question. We know a change, a change is a coming. <clears throat> but I don't know how. I mean, if you were in this church 20 years ago, we've changed. I mean, when I first started coming here, there was one worship song, possibly two songs. They were performed, drama, live drama. It, it was a different model. I don't know how that's going to change. Uh, and I don't even know if I'll be around for it. I, no, I'm not predicting my death, but sooner or later, you don't want me up here with my walker, you know, uh, preaching at you. The million-dollar question will be, what will those new opportunities be? And will we take the step of faith necessary to make it? Because that's back to that first one. Are we going to be big thinking out of the box? Who would have ever thought we'd be here? Why? Because we love God and we love people. And I will do anything short of sin to reach people for the gospel. What is that going to take? I can't tell you right now. That's why I ask for your prayers. I ask your prayers for the elders. I ask your prayers for our staff. As we constantly look at, okay, we're, this is changing, and it's changing fast. When you realize that 48% 40 of millennials, that's 1984 to 2000, whatever, do no longer have a Christian worldview, look at God the same. They're all, you know, the Bible is not a book from God. It's just a good book about God. And if that's your view of the Bible, then you... Now, you can just do about anything you want if it's just about God, not a book from God. So I'll close with the Irish blessing. May you have the hindsight to know where you've been, the foresight to know where you are going, and the insight to know when you've gone too far. Father, I thank you for the church you created it. It's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. How it looks, while well, that has changed over 2,000 years, it's changed. It just seems like it's changing faster than normal. And Father, I pray as a church, as a body of believers committed to you, that we will be aware that you'll give us a picture <coughs> of where this is going and what we can do to align ourselves up to reach as many people with Jesus Christ, the gospel message, as we can until you come back or you take us home. So, Lord, we thank you for this day. Help us take advantage of it. You're not done with us yet. We woke up, got dressed, and got here. So let's enjoy with every breath we take the blessing of today that you've given us. And we pray this in Jesus' name.